Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Blethered. I'm Sean McDonald and this episode was recorded with my pal Callum from his apartment in Barcelona. Callum moved to Barcelona from Glasgow in 2012, a year before I made the same move. We talk about our personal motivations for moving abroad, why we chose Barcelona and why we've continued to live there for so long. We talk about learning the languages, now there's two, there's Spanish and there's Catalan. Now I recall some of the mental mistakes that I made when I first started learning the two languages. They saw me nearly get dragged out of a cafe in Madrid and it also had me about a second away from an ice cream seller smashing my head in because I added in one wrong syllable which meant I said something really offensive to her. We compare Scotland and Spain, Catalonia and what life is like for a foreigner in Barcelona and we give our opinions on the place as a whole, uh, kind of covering a lot of bases. We talk about the jobs that we worked in at the start of our time in the city. I tell stories about phoning taxi companies in Glasgow to wind up the phone operators when I was supposed to be working. And Callum talks about his thriving clothing and design business. Now, the link to the clothing company's Instagram and web catalogue is in the episode notes and I'll share it on Twitter as well. The gear is absolutely brilliant and it's all fair trade and organic cotton. We hand-printed designs from the Elborn neighbourhood in the heart of Barcelona. If you're wearing this gear... Nobody else is going to be having it unless they've also ordered it and I don't know how likely that is because it's people in Barcelona that buy it. So you hear about that. He's offering a discount code of 20% off all products if you use the discount code Blethered. Yes, that's me officially an influencer by the way. Gran, if you're listening, I've made it. Get yourself to Marks and Spencers for your messages. None of that has to piss you anymore. We're only eating the best of gear from now on. I'll open up on quite a few things. The first off is how different a person I would be if I'd never gone out there when I did. People might roll their eyes here, right? I don't care. I speak Spanish, Catalan, French and Italian. As a result, I've been out there and I've developed as a person in a way I personally wouldn't have been able to if I'd never made the leap and stayed where I was. I was on a road to mediocrity and putting myself so far out of my comfort zone was what made me as a person. My languages have also opened doors for me that I would never, ever have dreamed of. And it was essentially my compensation for not having gone into further, uh, further education. I think I'm reasonably intelligent, but I'm not academic or studious in that sense, so thank fuck, to be honest. I'm honest about how I struggled mentally at times. It's a big pressure to move abroad at 22 years old, live in a foreign country, you've not got your family or close pals to lean on. If you're having a tough time, you've got more pressures and less support. More than once, I nearly threw a nut out. It is near rooftop bars, beaches and water parks. Although that actually is mainly what life is, but there is still real life, it's just sunnier and you've got less of a support network. Now we chat about the downsides of living abroad, missing family, missing Glasgow, how much I love Glasgow because I go on and on and on about it, I just fucking, I love my city. But I still want to go out and explore, keep making new pals for all over the world and generally just live a life that I enjoy. So we kind of talk about that and I think that's a misconception that people don't, or people make and they don't really get. We give our perspective on the tensions in Catalonia as it calls for Catalan independence rise. We kind of know what we're talking about, we have lived through it and we've seen it. And I don't mess about when I'm giving my opinions on the Spanish government's conduct and antagonistic stabs at Catalonia in general. As always, as I always say, the conversation is continuing over in Flick Chat. I'll tweet the link to join on Twitter, it's free. Just give me a shout if you want and I'll send you it directly, people do. It's a good laugh and people are chatting about specific episodes and sharing some part about themselves and their experiences relating to things like gambling, coming out as gay to family, mental health issues and more. If we've covered it in the podcast, it's getting talked about in Flickchat. Bueno, ahora vamos a escuchar el episodio con Callum desde Barcelona. Espero que te guste.
Gracias. Adam, bienvenidos. Buen día. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. We're recording this from for anybody who knows Barcelona. If you're to help create the idea of where we are, we're, what's the name of the street? It's Carrera Asturias in Gracia. Gracias. We're near Fontana Metro. If you happen to know the city, Gracia is kind of closer up the mountain. The I would call it Glasgow's West End of Barcelona. Do you agree with it? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Quite a sort of happy, arty place. Yeah. They don't have that accent now. Thankfully, how can they stay here? For people listening, give us a wee introduction as to, to who you are. Yeah, okay, so my name's Cam. I'm from Glasgow originally, but I've been living out in Barcelona since 2012, so seven years already. Approach, what? Probably approaching eight, that's mental. Time yeah. just flies, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. What, what brought you out? Like, what motivated you to come here? Tell us a story. Um, so it's, there's obviously as we'll go on to discuss there's a multitude of reasons and there's multiple caveats within that and it's quite a nuanced explanation but and we'll get into that but you can even just give me the how you ended up here to kind of take the burden of that yeah. pressure off you haven't you like explain all your fucking inner motivations for leaving your home city to come to some strange foreign land well in a nutshell I'd been here to visit quite a few times before fell in love with the city and felt like somebody could live I just thought to myself I was like yep yeah, I can imagine myself living mm-hmm. here going to give it a try for me I was like the opposite um, I was I don't know if I've ever actually spoken about this on my podcast. I've spoken about it on Drunk Therapy, uh, which is a really good one. You should listen to. Uh, the, the guys are absolutely brilliant, not just because I was on it. Their episodes are amazing. Um, I like I was working in Glasgow. All I was doing was going out boozing, and at like 22, I had like a, a midlife crisis. I was like, fuck, I've not really done anything of note. I'm kind of wasting myself here. Uh, and in a panic I googled work abroad and in my sort of idealist naive mind I thought I'll see an advert for um, selling pedalos in Greece <laughs> and off I'll go um, I'll go and do that and it didn't quite turn out that way the first thing I saw was an advert to be a, an English conversation assistant in Barcelona it wasn't even Barcelona it was Catalonia or Valen- like Valenciana region and I, I sent an email, like, applying for it. Uh, you get 200 euros a month, and they give you somewhere to stay, and they feed you in that. Um, and you're working quite a lot. And I thought, that sounds amazing. That sounds like a door to another, not even another world, but another possibility for, like, my own life. And uh, I sent an email, and they came back and said, oh, sorry, it actually starts in, like, four weeks, so three weeks, four weeks. You're too late, um, but you can try next year. And I sent a really long email back explaining why they should have me, why I needed to be the one that was hired. And the next day I got an email like, there's a waiting list of about 100 people, but your email really stood out. Would you like an interview? I got the interview, they offered me it three, four weeks later, there I was in Barcelona, it was quite mad. Um, But immediately I was like, I think after a day I thought, wow, like this place is, this place is exciting. I was mad. I was very fortunate to live with Spanish people. That's how I learned Spanish. Yeah. A bit of Catalan. Um, 
So right in at the deep end. Right, right in at the deep end because nobody spoke English. That's why my French started to get really good because I spoke like school level French, but the people I worked with all spoke French, and I ended up just bizarrely spoke better French than I did Spanish like for a while, even though it's here or Catalan. Like I had that that safety net, that comfort blanket, if you will, like living with people, food was taken care of. I didn't have to worry about that. All I had to do was worry about getting used to to Barcelona getting used to being abroad getting used to being by myself like properly by myself like how did you find it like did you come over with somebody so I was quite the opposite um, obviously I'd been here to visit and I wanted to come and move here to come and live here but then also I'd planned it for about a year in advance so I was kind of saving up oh, right. and I was kind of preparing myself right I'm going to move out to Barcelona at the start of the next year and then I did that but similar I didn't know anyone that was living here I didn't come out with anyone I did it on my own as well so I have that in common just how all do you, new experience all new people how do you think that experience overall changed you or developed you as a person because um, we will go into it in more detail as I kind of said earlier but it changes you so dramatically as a person like what did you notice in yourself if anything I mean if you didn't notice anything then you can say that as well I'd say I'd been in new situations, new surroundings, having to push yourself to be more outgoing and just sort of, right, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to have to go for it. You said? Meeting new people and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, because obviously you have your group of pals, friends, family back home, and you're used to the same group of people. Then moving out and you're just sort of starting from fresh. You have, like, I don't know if you had this, but when I first moved for the first three, four, probably four months, I knew one or two people and they were very much convenience pals. That's what we were. We didn't really have much in common other than we both had no pal, like we had no friends or anything like that. There was nothing really that thing with us. And then as time goes on, I found that the people you do become friends with, you really have seriously stuff in common with them yeah. because you get nothing really that binds you or nothing really that connects you. Like say I've had part like say friends from like places in America, South Africa, Australia, like New Zealand, across Europe, and you become friends because you have got like this. You know, there is something I don't know what it is. You've got something in common anyway in uh, terms it's a bond of and affinity. Just from... but how did you deal with not having say a lot of pals at the start? Because it it can be a quite a lonely place, can it? When you've you've come over, it's this massive city. Everybody's doing stuff, and you're just like sitting at a wee cafe by yourself yeah, yeah. Um, I remember so when I first moved over when the first few nights when the first week going out and a night on a night out on my own for the first time in my life and that felt a bit weird something I'd never do back home uh, but I just kind of forced myself to to do that and ended up meeting a, a couple of boys in a bar and um, getting chatting to them and stayed in touch with them and they were kind of giving me tips, recommendations for looking for jobs and all that kind of thing. Because that's another thing when I moved out. Um, I didn't have any work or anything lined up at first. It was like, mm-hmm. just all on the adventure. Like, uh, let's see what happens when I'm out there. Let's just go for it. Yeah. That's such a common thing, isn't it? Where you meet people in bars and cafes. And if you're o- if you're open to it, I think, yeah, you first of all, you give off a bit of an energy and an openness that you're willing to speak. And people tend to gravitate towards you. Um 
but also it just seems to be the nature of the place like you, I've, I've never done telling people apply here look here yeah. do this look in this place these people take you don't do this do that like even we things like people don't realise here foreigners to Spain don't realise that it's common practice in fact it's frowned upon not to have it to have your photograph on your CV uh, yeah, yeah. if you don't have that they'll not take you seriously yeah, yeah. whereas if you do that in Scotland or England I would say that's deemed to be somewhat inappropriate they'd yeah. be like the fuck did you like you all watch so you think you're a good looking lassie or whatever like you're yeah. going to get the job and uh, things that's like true. that yeah. uh, even another wee thing with like even putting your age on your CV like back home that's kind of ageist and Aye. they're going to discriminate against you for that or not but here it's, it's yeah Photograph, yeah. first thing. Spain and Catalonia are quite backwards in many senses, aren't they? Yeah. They're like they're a way, way, way behind yeah. behind even, us in the rest of Europe anyway. Even that shocked me as well sometimes when you see adverts in the windows saying that they're looking for staff but they explicitly put we want female staff or yeah. and it's kinda like that shocked me a wee bit at first as well. I there's cert there's certain Standards of practice, I would say, across the board, that are just they're way, way behind the expected standard for what I would call a developed European nation. In terms of getting work, what was the first job that you got? Um, so the first place I worked was Marcus Evans. Oh, right, okay, right. <laughs> That's where we you met. take a back seat while I just <laughs> make a wee explanation here. Marcus Evans is a company owned by. He's called Marcus Evans, isn't he? Yep. Yep. He's a guy that owns Ipswich Town Football Club um, and he has a company which has offices all over and they arrange business conferences and they'll pay they'll pay big money, won't they? Yeah. What are the, some of the names that they've had for the, the business one? Um, so for the business events, they would have um, the sponsors and... Then the really rich people that would come to do business with the sponsors. Yeah. Um, so it would all depend on the event, but I was biggest names in the industry. Um, Some really, we can't kind of think any right, but trust us. I remember hearing it and going, "Fucking hell, I can't believe that." But you're talking like people that have been high up in the British and American government, CEOs of companies, all that kind of thing. Tony Blair had been a Tony Blair had yeah. been right I thought that Tony Blair had come and spoken at it and he would pay to charge big money and Callum and I met there because I worked for the THG Sports which I don't even know if it's still going but I'll tell you how fraudulent that was they would um, buy up they would snap up tickets for the Olympics the World Cup the Euros Grand Prix tennis golf blah 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 and they would mark up the prices like 30 times the ticket price and then they would also then sell tables for uh, like hospitality but the hospitality would be like say 40 miles away from the event in some hotel um, it was utterly fraudulent in 2010 at the South Africa World Cup like high ranking uh, board members or directors or whatever were arrested they were arrested at the 2014 uh, World Cup in Rio, it was in Rio, wasn't it? Aye, yeah. Was the Olympics not the same year? Been the Brazil Olympics. Aye, and uh, so you can, you can, um, none of this is um, false allegations. It's been reported in the BBC and the Guardian. It was a horrible. I find it a horrible place to work. It was full of 
oh man it was full of like bullies the whole point was to get you in for three months break your spirit you wouldn't have a computer you would sit at the desk you would just have to cold call people and you'd have to con I hated it you had to con like secretaries and that to get to their boss and you had to try and pitch their boss something for like 10 grand it was horrendous I did it after I finished finished my English work for like I think I was there for like three months Um boss was an absolute moron as well do you know did I ever tell you what I, what I did uh, to that guy it was one of the directors and he was a honestly a cretin I'm going to mouth his name guy? no oh he was as well mate he was a dickhead see on my first day you know he took me in and he's like because his wife worked with us and he, he warned me he's like that's my wife and you stay away from her and I was like what fucking kind of place is this I'm like mate I'm here I'm here for yeah, my minimum wage like <laughs> what you and I was like she's rotten as well you know that's quite inappropriate I probably shouldn't have said that but so what uh, no I'm going to mouth his name remember the bald guy ah yeah yeah, yeah. A, awful human and I bought this thing <laughs> paid like five five dollars and an American company like sends a card at, like looks like a birthday card but when they open it like loads of glitter falls out <laughs> And I sent it to his London office, <laughs> and it looks like it looks like a birthday card. And one day I found out from one of the boys that was working in the London office that he's like, "Oh, look at this! Someone it must have been near his birthday. Someone sent me a card." <laughs> he opened it and just glitter just fucking went everywhere. And it's like he opened the card that says, "Congratulations, you're that much of a dickhead that somebody spent their own money to send you this just to ruin your day." <laughs> Awful guy, but. How I mean, how's your experience? Because this is something anybody, if you're thinking about moving somewhere, and we can get—I can't speak for everywhere, but for here, if you move to Barcelona, you're probably gonna have to do your fair share of shitty jobs. I don't know to get experience, or whatever. But did you did you enjoy it? Well, because your department was different for me. Yeah, yeah, mine was not as intense. Didn't have the cold calling in the same way and wasn't like the hyper pressure to sell 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 we were more right. inviting guests to come and attend events so it was still pretty much just like a kind of glorified call centre I mean I got to travel a bit with it as well I went to Switzerland a few times right. got to Czech Republic London got to go to travel to the events so couldn't complain about that and also the people it was such an international environment in the office there was people from that's I, I love that yeah. so and I'm still in contact with a lot of people from there a lot of good mates that I met so that side of it I don't grudge at all but I, and as well it was almost three years I worked there I stuck out for as long as I think I was one of the longest in the team were you all like holding off for the yeah. big payoff yeah because yeah. I remember you saying that you'd be sitting just reading about stuff that yeah. interested you instead of working we couldn't really get away with that um, we're not pure being like oh, on the phone making phone calls but me and my three pals who I, I still I was still good pals with, with Dean and uh, Sam still speak to George great guys and we it was harder for us to skive but what we always did is I would phone taxi companies I've been wanting to share these stories for ages because I just find them so funny People might be listening and be like, that isn't funny at all. But to us at the time, right, believe me, it was. We'd phone up um, a, a, a taxi company in Glasgow. I'm not going to name them. And uh, let me see if I can, can I make the noise on my phone in order to demonstrate what I mean. Aye. Right. 
so we'd phone the taxi company and I would pretend to be like an old guy so he'd be like hello mm, cars and I'd go hello one taxi please <laughs> so the guy would be like alright yeah sure where are you my house and he's like <laughs> he'd go oh he'd laugh it's cute oh right okay I tell you what where, where are you going Asda alright yeah and, and what Asda are you going to the one near my house <laughs> so this would fucking just keep that going on he'd start, the guy would start losing his patience and he'd be like right okay but where is your house like next door to John and Isabel's house and this would just keep going on and he'd eventually be like right and he was like right, I'll phone you back he'll phone us back Airphone back and he'd answer, hello, mm, cars, and then I'd go, Margaret, I'm just about to call the taxi. So he'd go, yes, Brig, oh fuck, did I, did I just see the taxi company name there? I don't want them no, kicking my no, head in. Maybe the first <laughs> I don't want this getting back to this guy because we tormented him so much that he would just scream down the phone. I'm like, he's surely getting the sack for us. So he'd be like, yeah, so then I'd start going, every time he tried to talk, He'd go, yes, but then I'd dial the, I would dial the number every time he tried to talk. And I'm like, Margaret, I, I can't hear anything. I don't, I don't think I've called the number correctly. And like, this guy's screaming down the phone. Bruh! Oh, I nearly done it again. <laughs> but he's like, taxi cars, fucking hell, fuck! I can't fuck every fucking time. Why does it always come through to me screaming? And we would just be like rolling about the floor. And then the boss would come in and look and be like, oh, lads, well done. You've been on the phone like all day today. We've just been phoning every taxi company in Glasgow. I'm phoning one. It sounds like you were motivating the team better than any of the bosses. Oh, mate, definitely. We used to leave that, that office on a pure high. We phoned, uh, phoned another one and I was like, I'll just blag this one. So the woman's answered and I went, hi, it's me. How you doing? And she went, oh, Gary, is that you? <laughs> I'm like, no fucking way we're in. <laughs> I was like, Aye, aye, it's me. How are you? You alright? Aye, not too bad, Gary, not too bad. What, 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 are, you, what are you after? And then I'm like, I'll just I'll try and keep lagging this. I went, is he in? Referring to, I don't know, him, whoever he is, the boss. And she went, no, he's just nipped out. And I went, right, we're going to do us a favour. Aye, what is it? Tell him I'm going to come down there and I'm going to fucking kick utter fucker right at him. <laughs> so she's like, what? 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 Get, what are you talking about? I says, listen, don't ask questions. Just pass that message on right and tell him I'll be doing this afternoon. <laughs> if he's got a problem, he's telephoned me. <laughs> she started to shout, like, listen, I'm not interested in speaking to you anymore. And I, we never knew what happened, obviously, we would talk about it and guess. But that was how that was how I get through like absolutely horrendous jobs like that. Because they were quite soul destroying. I nearly get a sack because remember that last that female boss we had, the manager at uh, yeah, the sports yeah. bit? She was like a complete numbskull. And she wrote an email and she forwarded it to me and she said, just put your name, put the price in and forward that as is, do not amend it. And then I was like, right, okay. So I started amending it because it was embarrassing. It was like, you was going to take them, wasn't you? Like that kind of part of no apostrophe, no grammar, no punct, like poor grammar, no punctuation. So I started editing it and, uh, She's like, what are you doing? Why are you typing? I was like, oh, I'm just, just, just fixing it. She's like, what do you mean fixing it? Send it. I want that information as it is. And I was like, oh, don't worry. The information will remain, but 
I'm not sending that with my name on it. Like I'll like I'll have sleepless nights for years if somebody thinks I sent that email, like because I, I never. And uh, ended up here screaming at me, <laughs> like shouting at me and saying like, "Do you still want your job? Do you want your job?" Do and I was like, "No, listen, I know what you're saying." And I says, "I'm not undermining like what you're kind of t- asking me to communicate." No, 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 no. I was asking you a question. Do you want your job like that? And fucking mate, horrible, horrible fucking cunt worst, of a yeah, worst type of management style what, what they would do is they would get you to graft and get them contacts and then make it so hellish that you would leave and they would get new people to come in the best thing that happened though was I managed to sell a package for um, the open golf and I was actually really honest with the guy because I, I felt really bad and I was like mate this is like it's, it's not really that good to be honest because it was like a lot of money and he's like look we just want tickets for the golf he's like I work for a, he works for a massive oil company and he's like I've got a budget I need to use a budget we want tickets for the open mm-hmm. it's fine so did it um, pay, I think they paid something like the minimum deposit so that qualified for me to get my commission I made thousands like thousands in one go and I was like oh wow and uh, then I left a few weeks later because I got I got a normal job and I later found out that the company actually cancelled like they pulled the plug so they paid me all that money but they didn't make any profit and that kind of I was like that's that's karma I get it right on <laughs> but so let's talk about your um, your business because you left Marcus Evans yeah. and you pretty much started it you can just take the take the mic, take the floor, and explain to us how it's what it is, how it started, and how it's going. Yeah. Okay. So after leaving the office nine to five job, um, I wanted to do my own thing, and I've always been quite creative into my design, that sort of thing, um, and then. Had the idea. I don't exactly know where it came from. I wish I had a good story of where it came from, but had the idea of starting up a t-shirt company, doing designs and uh, printing them, that sort of thing. So I started off doing that. And actually, when I started, I was still working in the office job, and I started doing it as a kind of hobby, something to keep me interested and inspired. And um, I got a Che Guevara one. Yeah, yeah, that was right. One of the very, very first ones. That was the first, the first time me and Callum ever spoke. Would you describe yourself as very much uh, an admirer of people like Che Guevara and stuff? Yeah. And we'd never really spoken before. And then I fucking... It's not even as if I always do this, but I quoted Che Guevara on something and it was just like this moment yeah. of Correct. love hearts in the yeah. air and that's it ever since, years later. That's so funny. Sorry, on you go. No. Sorry for jumping in there. No. So then, um, anyway, I started getting in touch was some shops around Barcelona and there was so one of the first shops that started stocking them um, they were interested in them they put them on sale they started selling fairly well within the first month and then I was getting a wee income from it and I was like oh well that's it's good to know that that works and that can I can maybe grow on that so then I took the decision just to leave the job and then focus on that full time obviously at first I wasn't earning much money from it um, 
and I was probably investing more than what I was getting back but yeah. then eventually just building up building up with more contacts and that's it. and it's also probably worth mentioning as well that um, it's all organic fair trade that sort of thing mm-hmm. so that was important to me as well that's one of the sort of main things of the brand and as well so the technique they're all hand printed screen printed in Barcelona in the heart of Barcelona in Elborn yep, yep. Uh, so now we've got more me studio there where I do the printing and that sort of thing there but that's also something that I learned here at first um, just by chance I got in touch with the woman Christina that's got her wee workshop there and at first I was a client I was you know giving her the designs showing her what I was wanting and she would print them up for me I'd always go and pick them up and we'd started having a good wee relationship a good wee bond and then I was in there helping her and then and then ended up she sort of taught me how to do it and I was picking up just sort of from hands on experience being in the workshop and then then started doing it myself and then uh, it's just gone on to Nero for the last few years Aye, your orders have gone up you've got your designs over the world you've yeah. had uh, you've had Glasgow's top model one yeah, some of your yeah, t-shirts yeah. Um, that's me by the way if you order <laughs> No, some some of the clothes are amazing. Like there's postcards, there's bags, there's mugs, there's diaries, there's hoodies, t-shirts, jumpers. There's like there's loads of stuff. The stuff's absolutely brilliant. I feel like it very much sums you up in in many ways. Like the the I general idea of the business, I think reflects the desire or the sort of instinctive need for like freedom that you need like not having to be beside that behind a desk working for some yeah. specky dickhead like no no insult to any no offence to anybody that's specky there's nothing wrong with that but being a specky dickhead there is something up with that um, you can be specky do you know I always say this you can be specky but not have glasses <laughs> specky's a state of mind you know like a specky prick like he doesn't have a like a traffic warden yeah. who's looking to do he's waiting till it goes to one minute past so you're like you're yeah, a yeah. specky arsehole yeah. but you can have NHS issue milk bottle glasses and not be a specky bastard so um, just thought I'm glad to clear that one up uh, the other aspect other thing I think that ties in with the business is in terms of it done ethically fair trade hand printed there's a real authenticity to it and the designs come for you you know, you create the designs. That must give you some sort of inner equilibrium that in those three aspects of your existence and life are kind of very much in sync with each other. Do you just feel do you just feel like blissfully happy day to day? A lot of the time there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from it. There's also stress and worry and then probably a lot of the time I'm working longer hours and for less money mm-hmm. than if I was doing a sort of standard office job so there isn't that security all the time but the reward and just sort of being it's my own massive, boss isn't it? Yep, and being in charge of what I'm doing managing my own time that sort of thing and yep, that freedom is definitely fulfilling and sorry I'm just eating melon it's 32 degrees it's half 11 fucking roasting I'm sitting in a pair of the tiniest shots you've ever seen just eating melons for my breakfast. What a life. Yeah. What a life. Um, you mentioned downsides, right? And I'll come to those. 
in order for balance because there are plenty of downsides to being out here and I would say would you agree that the downsides while challenging and sometimes agonising they're not enough to make you want to chuck it it's more I look at it as a price you need to pay for a really incredible reward which is to be here and to be living your passion doing what you want but let's talk about how good it is being here what are your favourite things about we've all got different things but what are your favourites I love um, the diversity of Barcelona just how diverse it is oh you get everybody's represented here any time you go on the metro walking down the street any sitting in any square wherever you are there's just an explosion of different cultures languages styles yeah ages it's just a real real mix um, since being here I speak now speak Spanish fluently I speak Catalan French Italian a wee bit of Portuguese I started doing a wee bit of Japanese um, and that's just from meeting people at work yeah, it's so inspiring just like member in, uh, in TripAdvisor Cal- me and Callum shared a, a role in TripAdvisor as an English language consultant that's what I'd call it right? yeah. Um they'd ask you to like proofread stuff for their thing or translate things or teach English to them and I started speaking Italian we are lasted there and after like three months I was pure fucking nearly yeah, fluent yeah, like yeah. it's just constant practicing hard even though I was meant to be thinking you, you, you learn so much so diversity the styles I mean in terms of lifestyle like so last night we went for all you can eat sushi and then that guy was fucking raging wasn't he because we just kept up mate <laughs> that, take the piss I, I will listen it says all you can eat why don't you trot on you know to the off to the kitchen fetch my sashimi and leave your attitude in there son I'm paying my money the same as everybody else I'm still pure stuff for it uh, but then we kind of went a wee walk about the other night sitting at half eleven at night in Gracia places mob just sitting having a drink like there's so many and all the areas are different what about the festivals uh, yeah, that's another thing um, well especially Gracia the Fiestas de Gracia that's one of my favourite I love things. the Fiestas yeah. de Gracia it's, yeah. it's like imagine all these um, to, to kind of give you an idea imagine I fucking how do you describe it it's like Gracia's like a grid isn't it and to, same as a lot of Barcelona but Gracia's a grid all wee lanes and wee streets and what they do is they decorate the streets and themes you have a Hollywood theme you have a dead celebrities theme you have a Hawaiian theme and then there'll be DJs there'll be music there'll be like all the bars are open they're absolutely class San Juan was just the other night yeah. San Juan ages me but it takes me a, a year to get over San Juan like the trauma it's like that's like hundreds of thousands of people on rooftops but mainly on the beach and you never see the beach this busy during the day you can't move you cannot move and it's just mad parties it's absolutely amazing um, actually I had my mate Stuart over but I had Erin my cousin her pals Hannah Becky Chloe and kind of showed them about the uh, just the general festival and they just seeing it through their eyes you see how amazing this is yeah. that there's music there's fireworks there's parties there's everybody's boozing like I love that I love the fact that there's always something going on you've got La Mercier in September yeah. it's like a festival of lights and they do up the park and it's just you've never seen it like it it's absolutely amazing um, the weather I mean, let's yeah. talk about the weather on the beach Aye, that's a great thing the climate as well and then, but it's not just summer all year round it's not that like you've got sun 24-7 you know so it's good 
that just now are just coming into summer and then you notice the change as well so it's, Aye. Aye. you get a change in seasons but then it's, it's generally a mild climate in it even in the winter like yeah. you'll have you'll have times where it'll the weather will drop or you'll come you'll go in your house and it's 18 degrees and you come out the next day and it's 5 and that's why everybody always ends up ill don't they I yeah. end up ill every time that happens because your body's like what the fuck's going on Back in back in January after Christmas and it was twenty two degrees and we were on the beach. Yeah. You, you can you can expect to have that. I would mind, remember it snowed in two thousand and eighteen. Like, that was right. Yeah, I get a bit of snow. Snowed Didn't in like, for long, but yeah. No, nah, it was like April. People were out here looking at it, like people who maybe have never actually been up to the mountains and were like touching it and they're like they couldn't believe it. And they're all laughing. I'm like fuck this, it's fucking April. I should be on the beach again. Even just being able to go to a water park, I love that. Or just being able to go to a beach or a rooftop pool. Actually, as I leave here, I'm going to walk down to Bomb, going to get a coffee, I'll probably go to the outdoor gym, I'll go up to a rooftop pool, have a have a wee fruit smoothie, and my flip-flops, just walk about. It's like this, such a slow-paced lifestyle on it. Yeah, and well, everything you've just described there, that sums it up pretty well. It's a very outdoor lifestyle. Oh, aye. Everything's outdoors. That's one of the main differences and obviously that goes hand in hand with the weather but um, it's way more outdoor here being out in the places at night Aye. out for a stroll the parks the beach even there so that was um, and actually that's something I'd noticed um, a wee observation that back home a lot of the adverts are for stuff for inside your home like back home all the adverts are for Aye. DHS and all this kind of get your sofas get your house cosy and comfy inside whereas here you don't get those kind of adverts because people the mentality is the mentality is different you go in some you go in people's houses and they're very not a bad way they're simplistic they're basic yeah you you go to some some flats and you're like wow you've had an interior designer but you're never in you're never in you're in your house to sleep and to eat and to if you're me watch still game um (laughs) And like get get ready, somewhere to put all your stuff. You're just outdoors all the time. Uh, that's that's what I love. It's just like I'm sure there are people. There may be people in Australia or sunnier places that are listening to this and like cannot can understand. But I it has to be experienced because there's one thing having a holiday lifestyle, mm-hmm. but when you're just doing day to day life, it, it's special. Even there, th- I was out on Thursday night, so like half four in the morning going up the road after being out and the place honestly it could have been daylight for how busy it was there was still people sitting there's people walking about there's taxis bars are open people are out not so much in terraces at that time but people are just still sitting about I I, I love it like I sometimes if I imagine having if I never came here and that would mean then Take away the life experience, the pals, the things I've learned, how much I've kind of grown, the languages. Like, I feel nauseous, man. I'm like, I would be, for better or worse, I would be a fraction of the person that I am, whether that's good or bad. Yeah. And it, that yeah. terrifies me. If I think, having think that, uh, like if I'd never come. But there are downsides, isn't there, as well? Like, what do you, what do you struggle with, if anything? Um... So I'm thinking for me day to day being here I would say one drawback is to be self-employed here mm-hmm. is 
a lot more expensive than than the rest of Europe. Bureaucratic as yeah. well, isn't yeah. it? The, the forms you need to fill out. Yeah. Spain, Spain's definitely backwards in that sense because what we you were saying like you have to pay a, a fixed monthly fee and whether you earn a hundred euros or a hundred thousand euros a month the fee's the same. Yeah. That's fucking mental, isn't it? Yeah. Spain. Part of the reason that Spain and I, I'm I'm including Catalonia in this, but we're talking about Spain as a whole because in terms of governmental rule. So Spain was a dictatorship under Franco until he died in 1975, and they weren't able to make their sort of democratic governmental reforms until 1976. So there was a years gap, and then they kind of went full swing, didn't they? Because they went from being a dictatorship to then going right, we have to be a democracy. But everybody gets a say, even the Nazis. It was kind of like, you know, if you want to have your say, it was before they kind of, I suppose they didn't sort of consider or contemplate the um, into- the tolerance paradox. You know, you don't tolerate intolerance, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there was a pact of forgetting, so it was just kind of like, Sorry about that. in the past, we're not going to um, reconcile anything, we'll just sweep it under the carpet and. Shocker. Let's, now we've got a democracy let's just aye it's generated all sorts of of divisions like I didn't realise how fractured a nation Spain was till I got here I thought they were all just like sombreros in LA I know sombreros are Mexican that's just kind of what I expected because I'd only ever been to like Mallorca and Ibiza and Menorca Um, because there's a there's a huge division in Catalonia isn't there and Barcelona further out it's a imagine the quest for Scottish independence times it by a million and add in the fact that the Spanish used to drop bombs on the city of Barcelona mm-hmm. not that long ago like what's that one at, um, that we pl- Plaza uh, del Plaza, Rey or Plaza San Philip Neri Plaza San Philip Neri yeah. on so, like, something like the 29th of January 39 39 aye because oh, the Spanish Civil War right went for 36 to 39 that Franco's that much a dickhead they wanted to back up Hitler and Mussolini during World War 2 so the Spanish Civil War kind of ended at that point and I 39 they dropped a bomb uh, actually on did you know that's the church that Anthony Gaudi used to go to ah uh, yes finally get to tell you something that you don't already know they dropped a bomb in this called Plaza de San Philip Neri and it's kind of behind the cathedral so right in the city centre and on the walls, or like the church walls and the wee square walls, there's big, massive chunks of the concrete taken out in there for where the bomb hit. But there was a school of kids playing, and something like 29 children, like under the age of 10, were killed by a Spanish bomb. And it's we can obviously talk about that and be like, oh, how terrible is that to imagine? Imagine your kids are playing in Buchanan Street, or there's 10 kids, and Downing Street sent a fucking bomb and killed them and then try and tell me that resentment isn't going to continue on you know people that there were people that were alive then that are still alive now Mm -hmm. those attitudes won't die that's why the the Catalan situation is so multifaceted it's not just a case of oh they don't like Spain so many things it was illegal to speak Catalan until 76 wasn't it yeah yeah. and it's banned and then that's it's just was a spoken language people would speak it at home in their own with their own family but in school it was never taught so it's quite common that a lot of the adults here the older generations um, they speak Catalan but they can't read or write their own language which is kind of that's insane isn't it 
it's sad to think yeah. I can completely understand a lot of the resentment especially the way we're kind of taking this I'll, I'll wrap this bit up shortly but I think it is quite interesting because people do always ask oh I need, I need to talk about remember I was on the radio for BBC News uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I kept dropping things in and they eventually clocked on it and blacklisted me if you're on the radio <laughs> um, I the, the people always ask ask about it but the contempt with which often the Catalan people or the Catalan idea or the idea the concept of being Catalan in general is kind of viewed in parts of Spain you can understand like when I first moved or I think it was Dia de Diada in September when I first came here the Dia de Diada is like the celebration of Catalan everything Catalan into it it's all by the way you ain't never fucking seen anything like this it's crazy isn't it like Honestly, you've never seen it. I've never seen it like it. You can't move. See what, when it starts the procession and the parade and all that and the marching. You can't move. You're stuck. You just need to walk with it. But it's incredible to see. But at that time, I got the day off school, the day off work, because they were protesting because the Spanish government were like, "Oh, eh, we're changing your curriculum." Catalan Parliament's like, "All right, like what? What is the change? Uh, you now teach Spanish as the first language. You teach Catalan as a foreign language. What a fucking insult!" It's what an insult and uh, how antagonistic. That was around the point that the independence movement in Catalonia really started reaching a crescendo because people were like, hold on a minute. You know, it's like that fucking Matthew Wright. Did you see him the other day holding a paper? He's like, Scotland? What is Scotland going to do? You know, they've got oil money. They've got whiskey money. What is Scotland going to do? I'll fucking tell you, pal. We'll punch you right out of your trainers. You talk to us that again. I, that riled me up just a wee TV thing right how oh my can you imagine how incensed they must have been yeah, yeah. and I wish I'd understood at the time but I never I just was like yes beach day like I'm getting the day off like, I would have went and protested with them firing rubber bullets and all that I, can, but I, I was tweeting I don't know if you remember person who's listening um, if you remember it was when did they have that referendum 1st October 2017. 2017, 2017 yeah. they have a referendum I'm, I'm quite I'm really happy to clear this up as well people are always like how are they have a referendum well, but they never it's symbolic it's a way of them having it and saying look how many people want to have like to be your own state and I know you could argue that how could a, a region of a country possibly secede from a nation with no legal basis or whatever it's more complex than that right we'll not get into that but but what happened is they have this every year and it passes without without incident, yeah, doesn't it? Exactly, that's another thing. It shows that it's a very peaceful movement, the independence yeah. movement here, because there's been upwards of two million people in the street. Aye, no two arrests, million. no, no trouble. It's a very, very peaceful. Get that in your head. Two million people in the streets of Barcelona and surrounding areas, travelling from all over. Again, that's like almost 50% of the or let's say 33% of the Scottish population mm-hmm. bouncing down McCann Street like yes like, like here we go like but into George Square like it's it's wild and what the the Spanish government because they started really getting scared they sent in the Guardia Civil that's your um, that's your neighbourhood Nazi fucks of Spain on their way here from Madrid stopping by fascist monuments to give the Nazis a look we all saw it 
and they came and they were shooting people with rubber bullets they were sexually assaulting women there was women that were trying to vote and what was happening is these men in army gear were sexually assaulting women I, I don't want to be too graphic because it's actually I remember seeing a video and pure wanting to spew they helped pinned a woman down put her hand up her skirt and you wonder there's obviously these are certain people right but you, you, you see things like remember they punched that there was a woman that would be old elderly woman with black eyes and you see that and you tell the me the blood running for her face and she's about fucking 70 and you're like how can you have at that point I was very much somewhat ambivalent but more over just quite impervious I was like see to be honest it's up to them it's not to do with me from a selfish point of view I'm alright Jack can we not just leave things as it is because there's a lot of fighting there's a lot of violence there's a lot of protests sometimes I can't get to my work because these protests and see when I saw that I was like I'm fucking in your corner now firing rubber bullets at them and all that it was absolutely horrendous remember the Guardia Seville going around they were running about the the marches trying to cause trouble to like instigate riots and then the Catalan people that were marching clocked on it rapid I think it was uh, it was somewhere along Diagonal where this happened I was like it could have been anywhere but I know it was on Diagonal which is Diagonal was like the main avenue that runs from one corner of the city to the other and then the Catalan protesters then made a ring of like protection around these Guardia Civil who shit themselves like they majorly they boys filled their nappy that day because they thought they were going to get murdered and they protected them you're like well that, that kind of sums it up to lighten the note somewhat so I was tweeting about it shock horror I was on Twitter and uh, I, get a, I get a message like hi can you follow us I'm a producer BBC Radio 5 Live do you want to come on the Stephen Nolan show and talk about what's happening so I was like right okay so I went on and spoke about it and I said I, I would say I spoke fairly articulately and I spoke quite well and I expressed myself quite well and uh, I called them Nazis and Stephen Nolan no real fan of his to be honest but he's like oh well Sean you can't call them Nazis and I'm like what do you call people who do Nazi salutes <laughs> and run about smashing people over the head I'm like pretty fucking sure you call them Nazis Stephen don't know what you call them that's if I see a Nazi being a Nazi I'm going to call him a Nazi and um, they had me back on and eventually he actually said sorry he was like because I was on like two months later he's like oh sorry yeah, I saw so many things he's like yeah your Nazi comment was actually alright and a, a university professor came on after me and he was like actually you can call them Nazis and he was a lot cleverer than me and said these things and I was like yes but what I did is I was like right I'm going on the radio does anybody want to make any suggestions for um, for why <laughs> make any suggestions for things I can like slip in and see if they notice so I think I said I was like well Ma- talking I was like Mariano Rajoy that was the Spanish president at the time I was like, he's obviously a massive VL and just a pure dafty. And then I just continued speaking and nobody kind of picked me up on it. And then I finished off with saying, I've just not been this gutted since my wife left me. I've, I've got, oh, by the way, you won't know this. I've got this weird joke where I just always say my wife left me. And people have started to believe that I'm like divorced and my kids have been taken off me. Oh, my, my wife's, my kids are calling my wife's new boyfriend, dad and all that. So I, I dropped it in and never heard me. And then at the second time, some like we agreed I was going to say like steam in amongst it with a claw and a hammer so I was like if it was me I'd just steam right in amongst it with a claw and a hammer just like yes again they never noticed 
then the third time I can't even remember what I said but then I got a message from one of the producers and he's like hi just to let you know you've been blacklisted from us phoning you again because we realise like you're taking the piss and all that I was like well hold on a minute I was like I've made my points but I just also was getting a wee laugh so that's what we think about the Catalan state of affairs in terms of in terms of from a political perspective what do you think about the Catalan people? Catalan people for me are brilliant I've got a lot of good friends mm-hmm. um, and it's just been a great place I've I've found them, my, my opinion has changed it's largely positive when I first came I was like these are the friendliest people ever they're brilliant I went through a period where I was like these are a bunch of wanks I don't know if they were just a bit I don't know on edge if they were a bit hostile remember there was a whole thing they were hostile to tourists yeah uh, that's that's true I'd say and as a, as a guy that hangs about tourist hotspots I just felt like I was getting treated like a pure arsehole all the time which not to which treat anyone like that but um, I can understand that here that's is one of the problems in Barcelona is that the prices the rent prices have been yeah. doubling tripling astronomical and that's a lot of it down to Airbnb no, the gentrification see if it was up to me Airbnb would be totally banned mm-hmm. they started restricting it it would just be totally banned get it to fuck it's damaged the city so much and they don't like the boozed up Brits abroad thing mm-hmm. and if they think you're English um, they'll be they'll be really rude and really cheeky but if you're in just na- wee neighbourhoods they'll be lovely you'll get the odd person like remember last night I said to that lassie like do you just not have the words please and thank you in your vocabulary? It's not hard. Like your mum would be disappointed in you, I'm sure. My mum would if I spoke to somebody like that. Sometimes people can be rude. Um, overall, I feel as if they've lightened up. See, since the, the tension and the fighting stopped. Because, mm-hmm. by the way, there was pure riots, like mad riots in the streets. Oh, do you ever remember when the Spanish, the mad far-right people were marching through Gracia chanting? No, no. They were going outside, like, say that there's a. Oh, I saw a wee place all day and it said disobediencia is independencia. Disobedience is independence. And it was like a wee Catalan movement HQ, let's say. And they were outside it and they were chanting, Eres español y no te lo mereces. That means you're Spanish and you don't even deserve it. I had fucking steam coming out the ears. I was like, wanks, like just pure dicks going about. Um, like you're antagonising them and I felt that during that period people were hostile or people were quite you know they kind of retreated into their groups and I always another thing I think Catalans can be cold if they don't know you and in the moment you get to know them they're like so warm and friendly and inviting and they get a buzz when you say you're Scottish yeah uh, there's definitely an affinity there with Scotland there's a total affinity but then uh, it's quite awkward because like, I kind of just let it slide. Somebody will go like, "Ah, oh, yes, we are the same." It's Gracia, Catalonia. I'm like, "No, really." I'm like, two situations are like fucking strat, like worlds apart. But all right, aye, okay, yes. we'll say it's the same. Um, but I would say something else about the Catalans is a very strong sense of community here. There is, and going back to the fiestas de Gracia, one of the things I love about the fiestas de Gracia is the few weeks leading up to it, or even the few months leading up to it. Uh, you get the neighbours out in the street and because are, there are wee pedestrian streets you get everyone from the old grandparents through to the wee young kids everyone in between are all out helping each other make the decorations 
because the decorations are all uh-huh. handmade. That's part of the criteria. So it's they're out cutting up plastic bottles, kind of art and craft. The sensor community. Sorry, I'm just eating a bit of melon again. Sensor community is something that I feel everybody can learn from. Do you know what I love? When uh, you get it like Gracia and Barceloneta and Sants and different other neighbourhoods, the Champlain sometimes as well. Do you see the pedestrianising loads of the Champlain? Ah, uh, yep. Class, isn't uh, it? And more bike lanes. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. Oh, by the way, Barcelona's the best city for cycling. They've got in amongst dual, like roads and dual carriageways. You've got cycle roads as well. You're, I'm not talking a cycle lane. I'm talking a cycle road that's got its own barriers and all that. It's absolutely class. I love cycling everywhere. I'm like Chris Hoy when I'm here. I just cycle everywhere. Um, and I, I miss that when I'm in Glasgow because in Glasgow you just take the car everywhere. Yeah. You just like I'll walk. I mean, I've been since I've been here, so I've been here back since Wednesday, and in seven days I've walked like seventy-four miles. Just walk everywhere, and then I notice that when I go back. Uh, when I'm back up the road, I don't I don't walk as much. Uh, sorry, what I was going to say was I love when they have the big long tables, and I'm talking a dinner table with like a hundred chairs, okay. and they all make dinner. Yeah, I get invited to one of them once, and I just I went myself, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. There's tunes, everybody's talking, everybody. Where are you from? Where do you live? People are bringing like the pure love. Um, Cannellonis here, don't they? Uh, yeah, that's one of the national dishes. I love it. It's yeah. so good, man. Let's let's go into that. Basically, have a big dinner that's pure brilliant, right? Boom, boom, that's it. <laughs> uh, we kind of both. You've got a Catalan girlfriend, yeah. Ingrid. If you're listening, you're the best. She's the loveliest person ever. But you're very much right and just hanging about with all the Catalans. You even took a free Catalan course. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you, you're very much integrated. I see. I have as well. Although I still have, I've got my tourist push in me as well because I still just love it. But you're very much like you do as the Romans do. Like, how does that feel? Like, do you feel more enveloped in in the culture and the society? Like, what motivates you in that sense? Because I've never studied Cat- Catalan courses are free, by the way, for the council. Yeah. Uh, to the person who's listening. So if you yeah. if you move over. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good initiative that the local council have got. They're offering free courses to promote the language and exactly like you were saying, to integrate people. I've got some Catalan in me as well, by the way. You speak it much better than me. Like, do you speak it with English and stuff? Uh, no, Spanish. Aye. I'm a lot more comfortable and fluent with Spanish. Me too. Catalan. I can understand, understand it, but it's still something but that's... Like, if I'll be like, if I'm speaking Spanish, I don't think about it. It's unconscious. I fucking... I got told the other week I was sleep-talking in Spanish. I think that's quite funny. I dream in it and stuff. Don't even think about it. It's like speaking English. You don't need... Doesn't, you don't need change it and you speak it but with Catalan I have to translate it in my head first and I get it wrong all the time and I see when I first moved see when you first moved did you ever mix up Catalan and Spanish yep I yep. fucking did it for like a year for a year I remember going into a, into a shop and uh, it wasn't a shop it was a cafe just across from my house and I wanted a coffee for the metro and uh, they were like ah oh, fuck what was it you see again 
Lo sentimos. Is that sorry? We are sorry. Ah, lo sentimos. Ah, but not Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Catalan. In Catalan. Hold on, hold on. Oye, Siri, ¿cómo se dice lo sentimos en catalán? Aún no puedo traducir a ese idioma. Oh, you cheeky bastard. I just asked Siri, how do you say we're sorry in Catalan? And it said, I don't translate in that language. Apple's in on it. Apple's in on it, the anti-Catalan conspiracy. What well, are actually, um, a wee while ago we went for dinner in that restaurant where you dine in the dark ah you Went do that yep it's a, a it's a restaurant in Elborn and the, all the you, you dine in complete pitch black and they give you your food and all the staff waiting staff are blind yeah. so they've got an advantage straight away they're so lucky yeah <laughs> that, that was that was some experience it was definitely recommend it um, but so afterwards Ingrid went to leave a review on TripAdvisor mm-hmm. and she wrote it in Catalan and then she got a message back from TripAdvisor saying um, this language is not to be used please use another language who the fuck are you so to tell us what language to yeah, use yeah, yeah. So, I'll write whatever I fucking yeah. well want that riles me yeah so using TripAdvisor reviewing something in Barcelona Catalan's not easy. Mariano Rajoy's TripAdvisor I mean they could have said ah sorry we haven't got round um, to working in Catalan yet or something but in the meantime would you mind using another language but the the way it worded was kind of like this language isn't allowed to be used and it was kind of that's an absolute shocker but I remember going in this cafe and they were like esta rentancat which means we're closed in Spanish it would be estamos cerrado so I just was looking at them and I was like they're speaking Russian Catalan sounds Russian to me I was like why what and they just kept going I'm sure that's what it was and I was just, just like what the fuck and then he went to stand with her and I was like oh and then what I started doing was speaking Catanol where I would like speak Spanish but I just had this mad litany of like Catalan words all the way through it and people here wouldn't bad they thought it was funny but they knew exactly what I was saying but it bit me on the ass when I went to Madrid um, I was in Madrid now there's a really famous thing here called a bikini and cafes and it's just a cheese and ham toasty yeah. but it's done with a type of cheese and oh it is the business I'm going to get one and it's, it's like a, a euro a euro fifty and the reason it's called a bikini is there's a really famous nightclub called Sala de Bikini in Avenida Diagonal and where is that whereabouts is Up that nearer towards Camp New Direction oh aye near my old work near um, it's in La Isla shopping yeah, centre yeah, isn't it yeah, exactly. so this this club's been open since like the 70s and uh they started giving out cheese and ham toasties at the end of the night the night and it then just became known as a bikini and I thought this was like widespread across Spain I thought that's just what they called it and I was in Madrid I was in a cafe and I was like um, ordering and I was like me puedes dar un café con leche un bikini por favor can you give me a coffee and a bikini please and the last is like sorry I thought you said bikini there and I was like Ah, I did a bikini, and she's like, "What? What do you mean?" She's like, "We're a cafe," and I was like, "Well, a bikini." And I started to get a bit cheeky about it because, to begin with, if people didn't understand my accent or understand what I said, I I went right on the back foot, pure defensive. Like, I, no, I said that perfect. Oh, I've got another one. Um, the, the the probably the worst that I did in Barcelona. 
so I kept asking for the bikini and she thought I was being like a fucking perv like by saying that and then some guy came over thank Christ and was like laughing and he's like where are you from I was like Scotland he's like do you live in Barcelona I was like yes and he's like is that where you learn Spanish I was like yes and then he's like started talking to her at this point I could be I'd only been there for like six months in Spain he started talking to her and then she started like laughing she's like oh my god I was about to get you thrown out of here I was like fucking hell I just want a sandwich pal but first day I went down to I don't know how I can translate this because like my mum my auntie and my granddad will be listening my cousins but I, I was down Barcelona and I'd been here like three weeks I was at the beach and I went to get a cone and I said my puede dar un eh, coño eh, relleno con helado vainilla right so Colin knows what I, Colin Callum knows what I've just asked for I basically I, I, so I basically asked for an ice cream I asked for something to be filled with ice cream relleno right so me puede dar there's a wee Spanish lesson me puede dar is can you get me um, un coño relleno coño is a very think of the most offensive word in the English language begins with C and it ends in T I've asked for one of those filled up with vanilla ice cream and the guy, the guy just went como and I was like I've repeated myself I'm pretty sure you know women were fainting you know children were gasping like men were crying with rage and I'm just standing there with a wee stupid smile on my face waiting on my cone like can I get asked for the sauce on that on it and then he, again he's like and he's like looking at me and then I pointed the word for cone is cono conio and cono they're pretty similar so I managed to get away with that one that was like a a sort of easy let off the hook Um as we kind of round up well hold on is there any bits we've not touched on about experiences or anything that you want to kind of express I've not shut the fuck up here I'm supposed to be interviewing you but this is therapy for me I've enjoyed um, it try and think um, I saw Barcelona I love the city also the history of it that was another draw oh, I mentioned at the start what it was um, that set Barcelona out from any other city that I'd been to visit um, definitely the history was something um, reading George Orwell's book Homeless to Catalonia that was very hit home with me you know and like kind of um, reading that when I was here as well so that was written in what the late 1930s and some of the points he makes in the book I was laughing to myself because they're so true still to this day things like talking about um, all the different international brigaders that were in Barcelona at the time from all over Europe and the world the worst ones at speaking a second language were the Brits and shock you, fucking horror yeah, yeah. and that no was one of his no problem with us because we can speak the whole idioma in the world but I that's true yeah. and then um, as well but saying about how they use olive oil for everything and that's true from cleaning to cooking to Aye. any any ailment anything up just a wee bit of olive oil on that we'll do the, it's like do the fat yeah sawdust yeah. yeah 10 minutes will be right as well um, sorry I'm tanning uh, melon again fuck it's 10 past 12 man I need to get to the pool are you working? yep I need to get down to the studio and you need to get down double quick time in a rush you take the bee thing and I'll walk um, just go and have you already but as we finish up right 
What are we saying to anybody who's listening and they're like, I'd like to move abroad? I'd like to move to Barcelona? Oh, that, oh, I know what we can say. Just, just do it. Mm-hmm. Just know, I know it sounds simple. Like, see, people talk about stuff all the time, the stuff they want to do, and then years pass and they don't do it. But see, if you just take that step forward, if you just do it, I heard somebody talk about this recently. If you get an idea, everybody's got ideas, and you're all kind of standing in line, we're all in the same position. Take a step forward, and then you'll realise you're a lot closer, and then just keep going, keep going. Before you know it, you're miles away, or you're miles closer to where you want to be. Like, what would you say? Let's just say somebody's listening, they would love to do it, but they're shaking ourselves. Why, well, we've both been. Perhaps you're a pure shape, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we've both been fortunate enough not to have any huge commitments or ties that are keeping Aye. us in one place so we've had that luxury to be able to kind of so if up and even do what we want to do do you mean like if say they've got a hamster Aye, that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't be leaving that do you hamster will you put it in your hand luggage <laughs> passport for the hamster but um, Make a say, what's the worst that can happen do you know what I mean it's, you can always go back exactly it's always if it doesn't work out you can go back yeah but there's something to be said in the way that it develops you as a person and it makes you grow in the way that you see the world in the way that you interact with people and I think the respect that you can develop for for other cultures mm-hmm. getting amongst a wee calcitada yeah. a calcitada is when you have they have like when they do that like April time um, March uh, it's kind of from February Aye. onwards yeah. it's like they, they cook these like full spring onions and they put them in paper newspaper then they set the newspaper on fire and it cooks the spring onions and you dip it in this sauce and you eat it in a certain way and then they make like corners of meat and all that listen these people know how to live don't they mm-hmm. they know how to live and there's a water park just nearby it's also so cheap to fly anywhere for Barcelona it's mad I get a flight to I return flights to Rome for like 15 euros a couple of years ago just fucked off to Rome because it's 15 quid same with Milan even to London, pure buttons. To get back to Glasgow, it's pure buttons. If you're thinking about it, I would, I would give it serious consideration. Um, life is for living, and you might not. I tell you what, I envy people who, I envy people who find their fulfilment from just staying at home. And I'm not speaking about that in any negative way whatsoever, because we're all, we're all searching for our own personal fulfilment and we've all got our own instinctive ways in which we know we go after that fulfilment for some people it's you know being a home bird and it's it's staying at home for me I'm cursed my heart is forever tied to Glasgow and when I'm away from it all I can do is think about how much I love it and how much I miss it and how much I miss everybody and how much I miss just getting a roll in sausage or how much I miss my pals and my family and that's true I'd say that um I've definitely become a wee more, a wee bit more patriotic being here. Aye. Did you find that when it, you're? Oh, I have found that. Like, I, being back at home, it's not really part of your identity. No. But then when you're here, no, it is. Honestly, see, somebody's like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "I won't tell you. I'll just show you." I'm up yeah. on the table. I'm like, "Oh, DJ, <laughs> get the Braveheart theme tune on. Get that." <laughs> like, it just it does. It creates this this pure pride of where you're from. I'm saying like, I'm, my heart is forever tied to to Glasgow, and it's all I ever fucking think about. It's all I ever think of it, but my fucking soul is like, off you go, man, like, go and, go and explore places. Yeah. I need to strike the balance, I, I need to strike the balance, because I struggle, I struggle so much being away, but when I'm back, all I'm doing is thinking about, I want to go somewhere. 
and it's just getting that balance and that's when people say oh you're so lucky you live in Barcelona it's like oh I mind that time I fucking bought a raffle ticket and just ended up I had everything done for me like nah I had to go and look for it I had to apply for it I had to move I had to leave my family the longest I spent was nine months now pure greeting when I landed at Glasgow airport just pure overcome my emotion because I fucking missed it so much like my auntie always says that she's like oh but when you're away you miss it and I'm like aye but you need to understand that my fucking like the pure deepest part within me is like go as far as you can it's like a wanderer's spirit but like a homebody's heart and that's like being it's a nice way to put it aye I was going to say a really horrible analogy it's like being black but pure desperate to join the Ku Klux Klan the two things just do not go together and they do not benefit each other whatsoever but that's that's our thing how do you feel like when you go back up the road um, it's always good to go back um, definitely one thing glad we've got over Barcelona is the music scene the live music scene that's something Aye. I miss from back home and the Celts um, miss the Celts you, you watch Barca quite a lot don't yep, you yep. the fans get on my tits up, like in a way I can't even explain fucking fans are brutal man here's a chance for me to dig up the Barca fans I tell people this and they're like shocked I went to see October 2013 Barca 4 Real Valladolid lead 1 so you can check that I'm not making it up Adriano scored Neymar scored and uh, I shouted for a penalty and somebody turned around and went shh and I was like what in the fucking new camp it's, it's full of tourists it's a tourist spot the fact they don't care that they're strip. what's their strip all about this year I've gone for it's gone to Croatia check nobody cares see if that was the hoops I'd, I'd go in myself and I'd catch Peter Lowell and I'd butterfly in it and I'd take him out to be tarred and feathered in, in the Gallagher they just don't care I went to see them play Las Palmas in 2015 Messi done his knee ligaments and there was a guy beside me reading La Vanguardia it's a newspaper by the way if you wonder and the whole time I just read the paper and he stood up to shout Ian, Inda Inda Binda is here and then that was it um, no, I'm 17 months and 14 seconds 17.41 um, I am not I'm not having Barca fans whatsoever but it is amazing though also I played football in the new camp probably should have pointed that it is cool to, to be able to go there there was something I wanted to round up on I can't remember what it was can you remember anything else we talked about we basically had this conversation yesterday walking up for the beach to, to Gracia what else did we touch upon I mean, oh, that's what I going to say about being lucky like it's no luck I'm fortunate you know I feel, we feel happy that we're here and that we've, we kind of get to live this life but it ain't easy gets lonely I spoke about it with Martin Melly Um and I, I'll be, I'll be having a great time on your rooftops, but there's the downsides, the loneliness. Man, my mental state was fucking brutal in 2016. Really brutal in 2016. For the first, for January until like May, June, I just had an absolute hellish time. Pure lonely as fuck, because you're, fam- you're away from your family. And if you're struggling like that, you can't just pop round to see your brother, yeah. or your sister, or your, your, your gran. Like, you just don't have that support and I think it exacerbates that angst but I always say it is a, you pay a high price but you sure do get a hefty hefty reward um, we have spoke for quite a while I've enjoyed this yeah, me too. Hello. I hope I've answered a lot of questions that, I know I'm 10 I hope I've answered a lot of questions that people have got so I got asked the time how come, how, what do you, how come you live in Barcelona what do you do 
people think I'm a drug dealer if I was a drug dealer I'm sure you'd have a lot more money than I have plus I don't know how to roll joints either so I'd be, I'd be shy at it so as I was saying to round up so no matter where I go even when I was in this isn't boasting like oh, I've been in these places but when I was in Rio I was thinking that I was only there for like five days but more so when I'm in Barcelona having the best time I will be enjoying myself but in the forefront of my mind I'm like oh I love Glasgow and I just pure want to go back actually do you want to hear a wee song that just sums up how I feel aye I wish I was in Glasgow with some good old friends of mine some good old rough companions some good old smooth red wine we would talk about the old days and the old town sad decline and drink the boys on the road that good old place I miss so much now sees some better days yet still we talk about it as we go our separate ways Glasgow gave me more than it ever took away and prepared me for life on the road I was born in Glasgow in the east end of the town I would take you there and show you they pulled the old place down When I think about it It always makes me frown They bulldozed it all To make a road That good old place I miss so much Now sees some better days Still we talk about it As we go our separate ways Glasgow gave me more than it ever took away and prepared me for life on the That's how the old song ran Ask anyone who's been there You will understand You can take the man from Glasgow But not the Glasgow from the man It prepares you for life on the road That good old place I miss so much Now sees some better days Yet still we talk about it as we go our separate ways. go gave me more than it ever took away and prepared me for life on the road.